grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us this day is the Gospel lesson read previously, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, it just isn't fair. That was the thinking of some of the workers in the parable in our gospel lesson for today. They were the workers who were hired first by the owner of the vineyard. They were hired at dawn, approximately 6 a.m., and they agreed to work the entire day for a denarius, the standard day's pay in Bible times. And so they went to work in the vineyard, and they couldn't help but notice that the landowner went back to the marketplace at the third hour, about 9 a.m., hired additional workers, brought them into the vineyard. Then they noticed that the owner of the vineyard went back to the marketplace at the sixth hour, about noon, the ninth hour, about 3 p.m., and even the eleventh hour, about 5 p.m. in the afternoon, hiring additional workers and bringing them on into the vineyard. Nothing unfair so far. But then at the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard summoned his foreman in order to pay the workers. And they began with those who were hired last at the 11th hour, and they received a denarius. Even though they had only spent one hour working in the vineyard, they received an entire day's pay. What an incredibly generous owner of the vineyard. Well then, when those who were hired first came forward, they expected that they were going to get more. They deserved it, they thought. After all, they were the ones hired first. They were the ones who had worked the longest by far in the vineyard. They had done the most work. Oh, sure, they had agreed to work for a denarius. But when they saw what the others received, they thought it just wouldn't be fair if we receive what they've received. Well, contrary to their hopes and their expectations, they also received a denarius. And they grumbled and complained at the landowner. Notice, it wasn't that the landowner cheated them somehow, that he promised to pay them one amount and then ended up paying them something less. He had promised them a denarius, and that's exactly what he paid them. But in their minds, it just wasn't fair that they would receive the same amount as these Johnny-come-latelys to the vineyard. Well, the point of the parable is clear. The vineyard is the kingdom of God, and God is the owner of the vineyard. We are the workers in that vineyard, and everyone whom God has called along with us into his vineyard. And our pay at the end of the day is, of course, the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. And the point is clear. Our pay at the end of the day, the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life, has no relationship whatsoever to how long we've been in the vineyard, the amount of effort or energy we've expended in the vineyard, 
the amount of work we've done in the vineyard, or any other human calculation. It is instead, by God's grace, his undeserved, unmerited love for us and all sinners that all of us receive the full denarius, everything that God has promised to anyone who comes and works in his vineyard. That's the way it is with grace. It's wonderfully unfair for all of us. And it's sola gratia, grace alone, that caused God to do something else wonderfully unfair for all of us, namely to take all of our sin and all of the guilt for our sin and to place it upon his innocent son. As Paul writes elsewhere, he, God, made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Jesus was, in effect, the lightning rod, if you will, for all of God's wrath that should have been directed at us because of our sin. How unfair for Christ. How wonderfully unfair for all of us. And so Paul can write in our epistle lesson for today that we who were dead in our trespasses and sins have now been raised and made alive in Jesus Christ. He can write that we who were by nature children of wrath, God's wrath upon us, have now been made children of God. And this is not our own doing, Paul says. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest anyone should boast. It is by grace, God's grace alone, that we are saved, God's wonderfully unfair grace for all of us. But unfortunately, this has not always been the consistent teaching of the church at all places and in all times. If we were to go back 500 years to the Roman Catholic Church in which Martin Luther was growing up, we would find that it wasn't just grace alone, but grace plus good things that we were demanded to do in order to make us right with God. For example, the church of that day was teaching that if you just looked at or viewed items that were reported to be relics from Bible times, that you could receive many years off of your time in purgatory, a doctrine which also flies in the face of God's grace. Or they said at that time that if you bought a piece of paper that was signed by the Pope called an indulgence, that again, you could earn many years out of your stay in purgatory or even transfer that to a relative or to a friend. As the coin in the coffer clings, the soul from purgatory springs, was the slogan of John Tetzel, the most famous seller of indulgences. Or the church at that time taught that if you paid the church money in order to have a mass or a service spoken by a priest, regardless if anyone was present, that that too would be a good work in the sight of God 
and again would result in many years out of purgatory for you. 500 years later, we have to be on our guard as well. For you see, there's something inside all of us, namely our sinful nature, that in its pride wants to take credit, at least a little bit of the credit, for our good standing with God. In its pride, our old sinful nature loves to think that there just must have been something good inside of, what, inside of each of us that caused God to choose us. These, these good things that we do day in and day out, somehow they just must make us a little more deserving of God's favor. As Christians, we might even be tempted to point to our stellar church attendance, our service on various boards and committees, teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir, serving on the altar guild, all of these things, good, wonderful, God-pleasing things, but all of these things done after God has already showered us with his grace and pronounced us righteous in his sight. 500 years later, we give thanks to God for the gift of Martin Luther to his church, but even more for his working through Martin Luther to uncover and proclaim the pure gospel, namely that the favor of God is not bought with money given to the church, not 500 years ago and not today. It's not purchased with good things that we do, not 500 years ago and not today. It's not purchased or earned with anything else we might want to parade before God. And the good thing is, we don't have to. The favor of God is not for sale. It has been given to us as a free gift in and through Jesus Christ, who has purchased us, who has redeemed us, who has bought us back, not with silver or gold, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. And so 500 years later, here we are at St. Paul's Lutheran Church proclaiming that very same message, that same good news of God's grace, his undeserved, unmerited love for each of us and for all people. We preach it here in this sanctuary we teach it in our Sunday school, in our Bible classes, in our confirmation classes. And in our early childhood center, our preschool, and our school, we plant those seeds of God's grace into the hearts and minds of our children and watch how God causes them to spring up and grow and bear abundant fruit in our children. And today, how blessed we are at the 1045 service to welcome four new workers with us in our little part of the vineyard that we call St. Paul's. But our sharing of this good news does not stop with the church property line. It continues into our homes, into our offices and workplaces, into other schools, high schools, college dormitories, college classrooms, or wherever 
the Lord invites us into his vineyard and places us. And as we share that good news, this parable should bring us a great deal of hope and encouragement, especially as we consider friends and maybe even relatives of ours who are not yet in the Lord's vineyard. We pray for them. We continue to invite them into the Lord's vineyard, even if it be at the 11th hour of their life. For we know that if they enter that vineyard, even at the 11th hour of their life, they receive not one twelfth of a denarius, but a whole denarius. All that God promises to all of his workers in his vineyard. The thief on the cross who at the 11th hour of his life repented, was told by Christ, today you will be with me in paradise. It is unfair, God's grace. It's wonderfully unfair for you and for me and for all whom God would invite into his vineyard, both now and for eternity. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We now confess the Christian faith in the